to Drummers Only Radio. Drummers Only is the UK's leading drum shop with store locations in Glasgow and Leeds. Our podcasts are full of interviews, gear reviews, and much more from the unique perspective of a drum shop. The show is hosted by two pasty Scottish dudes who talk real fast. Whoa, slow down there, Braveheart. So here's Chris, the Glasgow shop manager, and Adam, the social media manager. Be sure to like, subscribe, and let's do this. Hello, man. Hi, Christopher. How are you? Good, how are you? Yes, very well, mate. Very uh, well. Drummers Only Radio, episode 32. 32. This week, we're going to speak about stick alternatives. So we've got a few different um, headhunter stick variations in front of us. Um, what else are we going to talk about? We're talking about we had we took some um, listener questions, so we talked about any your monitor mixes, how we like our any your monitor mix, and we talked about our origin stories. Our origin stories. How we somebody asked us how we started playing. Yes, so. we did. Um, and then we also spoke about just a little bit about health, keeping yourself fit and ready for playing the drums whenever you can. Uh, there will be time codes in the descriptions below, so if there's any particular section you want to skip to, feel free to do that. Or if you just want to re rewatch them. Or if you want to rewatch them, or if you find a little bit of nugget, a little bit of nugget, <laughs> little nugget of information in there that you maybe missed out on when you were first listening, um, you can jump straight to the section. Um, other than that, thanks for listening. Thanks thank for watching. Let's sit back and enjoy. Bye bye. Bye. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? Yes, very well. Thank you. This is episode number thirty-two. Two and three, thirty-two. Indeed. Yeah. I used to call bingo. You did, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, less said about that, the better. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, so, we're going to look at a couple of things today. Um, there's a snare drum in front of me. This actually belongs to me. Um, so, we've got some stick alternatives to look at, uh, namely by Headhunters. Yes. Because uh, they're a relatively new product to us. Yes, and they're also a very different product. The, correct. Correct, Amundo. <laughs> they, they take your usual stick alternatives and they alternate them, they so they are alternative stick alternatives. They are stick alternative stick alternatives that take the genre of stick and flip it upside down and invert it back to front. And make it alternative. Yeah. Headhunters. So, we've got a variety <laughs> of different things to show you. And then maybe some other things. I think I want to talk about health a little bit and, and playing and, and longevity and those kind of things. Okay. Uh, and we got asked a question about in-ear monitors and we got asked a question about our influences and why we started. So, we will address those questions because people asked us those questions. Yes. It's always nice when people ask a question, isn't it? It is. If it you is. guys want to ask us some questions, feel free to drop us a line. I mean, preferably relative to drums. Yeah. Or, or I not. mean, like... I'm a, my shoe's a size 9 if you need to know that yeah. but, you know. I'll tell you why I don't like the first Scooby-Doo live action film because <laughs> it's a Scooby-Doo live action film It should, it, on paper man it should have been absolutely tremendous and it was not no Very not sad. even Sarah Michelle Gellar could save it exactly and it got a sequel can you believe anyway right yeah stick alternatives now, the first thing I'll do right right is right right um, is I'm going to play the drum with sticks so what drum are you playing Christopher I will get to that okay and then I'll play the alternatives uh, the drum I'm playing, Adam, is <laughs> a Sonar 14 by 5 and 3 quarter vintage series. Um, to It's a beach shell, 9 ply 6 mil, rounded over edges. It has an Evans Genera Dry on the top. Oh, excellent choice of head there. Thank you. Why uh, did you choose the Genera Dry? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, because I fancied something different. Okay. I yeah. like my drum to be dampening aid free. Interesting, okay. Um, besides maybe a snare weight on occasion, but I like the drum to be open and lively. Mm -hmm. And this head, coupled with the bearing edge, lets me do that. Yep. So there's not ringy, horrible overtones that I need to worry about or dampen out. The drum can be 
uh, is open and as honest as it likes. Brilliant. And it gives me quite a true tone. Yeah. I'm going I have to say. to say, from an outsider looking into the drum, hearing it from afar, uh, it sounds absolutely brilliant. Why, thank you very much. Yes, you're Thank welcome. you very much. Uh, and to go on further, it actually has a diplomat snare head on the bottom. Oh, does it really? It does oh, really. Okay. Um, which I don't love. You don't love it? No. Why do you not love it? Um, it's too bright, I think. It's too thin for me. I, I think Ambassador Weight Diplomat on the bottom is my head of choice. Is your head of choice. Having said that, it does make the wires respond quite nicely and very crisply, so I might have to go back to an Ambassador Weight on the bottom, but change the wires and see what I get from that. Interesting. Yes. Do you know what that Genera Dry is also perfect for? What's that? Trying out weird and wacky drumsticks. Well, there you go. What a segue. What so segue. I'm going to play uh, this drum and then I will talk through, and Adam will help me, the stick uh, aids that I have to my left somewhere, and then, or alternatives rather, and then we'll play them too. So cool. the drum with sticks. We've all heard it before. Yeah. We know what drums with sticks sound like. It's... um taut it's quite um uh, precise uh military like almost yeah uh, maybe in this room um but i love it i love this drum it's my favorite drum in the world so there you have it so that's it with the sticks the first thing we're going to look at is i put the sticks down here are the aptly named headhunters fat bastards yes so my favorite character from austin powers <laughs> by the way uh these are like rakes almost so it's like if you can imagine um bamboo rods but not bundled they're allowed to fan out um you'll notice here this does not move so they stay where they are um they're lightweight eh? yeah they are pretty lightweight this is the kind of thing and i don't know about you chris right but i've just finished watching um cobra kai me too right um and i'm a huge fan of the original karate kid films these kind of look like the kind of things that mr miyagi would like teach daniel-san how to do certain things with make the soup yeah. You know, that would be a move that he does. He stirs the soup. Stir the pot. Yeah, yeah. stir the pot on, stir, stir the, the pot, pot off. Stir the pot off. So, uh, on that note, yeah. um, so this is what these sound like on this snare drum. So. You played exactly what I would have instinctively thought I would play. Ye old train beat. Ye old train beat. I mean, they're begging for it. They're begging for you to play a train beat. When you actually take them out of the packet, they say, play a train beat. Yep. Um, what do you think? I, th I like the sound of it. I mean, it's, again, they're pretty... What's the best way to describe this? They've got... Do you know the Promark broomsticks? Yes. They've got more attack. Yeah. Which I like. They kind of sound more like you're actually hitting them with an actual stick does that make sense it does it does what's really cool is you'll notice right if you can see on the the camera that they're fanned in a specific way so it's almost like they're concave and convex mm -hmm. um so that creates like if you play them uh that side down it creates like a little pocket but if you turn them around yeah you get a little bit more attack yeah. so there are options for the sound within what is a very um static product yeah 
Do you know what I mean? How do they feel in your hands? They feel nice, man. Like here, they feel they're they're not too heavy, they're not too light, they're 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 kind of well balanced. They're very well. If this was um, Ollivanders, these would be um, <laughs> for Harry Potter. These would be very well weighted. Yeah, um, it's a finely weighted wand. Yes, it um, is indeed. Yes. You know, so yeah, um, even things like if you've got to count the band in, if you click them together, the band will hear that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know. So yeah. yeah. Um, they're not expensive. They are thirty-seven ninety-nine, which is great. That's great for something that's pretty different as well. Yeah, you know what I've, I like the 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 broomsticks, but what I don't like about them is that sometimes I just don't feel as though I get enough power out of them. Right, and I feel like those the fat bastards would be that perfect. Yeah, um, I would agree to, there. You know. Um, obviously we don't have toms set up. It would be interesting to hear the, how they sound on the toms because one thing about the broomsticks I do like is you get lots of low end on yeah. on toms. It's basically like how, like it's essentially if you were to take a drumstick and put a mallet on it, mm-hmm. a, a mallet top on it, that's kind basically of a, what yeah. drumsticks, or broomsticks kind of sound like. Um, so that's the Fat Bastards. These are the next product and these are called... What are these? The Sporin. So for Sporin. your Scotch folk. <laughs> um, <laughs> these are lighter straight off the bat are lighter um you'll be able to yeah. sort of confirm that and it's it's kind of oh, wow. like i want to check what it says that on the packet it just says soft corn with a hard twist i was going to say straw yeah. but they say soft corn but it also has some like uh rods with a small ball at the top and again yeah. they're static except for the rod thing it can be moved you can see that i don't know how well you can see that you can move that up and down which will change yeah. the um the the sort of tension of this the rod part at the top so make it more um kind of staccato yeah, yeah but these are absolutely great they're so su- when you play them just the corn side down they're really soft You know what's really great about that uh-huh. um, is that you're right. It is very, very soft, very, very delicate. But obviously, the little kind of plastic helps add a little bit of girth to it. A little bit of weight behind a little the sound. Bit of weight, so you feel as though you're still kind of striking. You know, you're, yeah. it's not just like you're moving a bit of straw around. You exactly. Know? Um, but the flip side is you can turn them over. I will say. When you turn them over, they're slightly harder to play doubles with. Oh, okay. Because of the weight of this. Yeah. Um, but if you play the corn side, it's a little easier to play doubles with, mm-hmm. which is intriguing. Which I like, and I'll tell you why I like it, because it'll get you, it'll get me, if I was to use them, out the habit of playing the stuff I know how to play. Mm-hmm. And it'll make me play the drums differently. Yeah. You can also combine them. So you can have corn side with stick side. Yeah. You know? You know, I mean, obviously we're talking about a lot of live. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you can yeah. even... I didn't think about that till then. You can use them as brushes. Yeah. I'm Sorry. No, no, no. That's great. Um, I mean, obviously we're talking about live applications of that, mm-hmm. you know, but even in the studio, you can kind of create almost those analog style effects, you know, mm. you've got those like really like kind of room mic or the microphone in a different room mm-hmm. sound of a snare hit for mm-hmm. example or whatever Absolutely. you can kind of emulate that a little bit with those it's got a kind of reverb character to it as well yeah kind of also they would be rad for ride cymbals oh yeah so if you have to play softly but you need a little bit more definition on the cymbal 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you just flip it that bad boy round, and there you go. There you go. So you'll get a little bit of weight on your ride symbol if you're, you know, for coming to the end of a a a, a tune, and you want it a little mm-hmm. bit more power behind you, or if you want a big I'll get you crash yeah. just once. You know, I feel like these kind of things make good composition tools. Oh, now that is a sentence right there. Composition tool. Because you can then like create things that you wouldn't create with just a brush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because out- outside of flipping a brush round and smacking a symbol with it, but even that, there's, there's if they're a rubber handled brush, mm-hmm. it feels a certain way and it might not give you the kind of sound you want. I don't know. I think you get a little bit more character with these. Yeah. I like these, man. So really you're, great. You're a right-handed. Yes. You, right. So. Just as an experiment for me, I'm just curious. Put one of the sporing sticks in your right hand, mm-hmm. right, with the um, the corn side mm-hmm. hitting the drum, mm-hmm. and then get one of the fat bastards and put that in your backbeat hand, and then play like a yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Straight away, we've got a kind of thing happening there. Totally, yeah. Not happening with that, though. Not happening with the brush. So. Right. Yeah. Got some blues on the go, you yeah. know. Something like that. So, yeah, combo. I didn't even think about that. Combining yeah. the two of them. Well, I'm just thinking, if you've got both in your bag, you know, you've then got more options mm-hmm. to combine. Absolutely. These mm-hmm. are priced at uh, £30.99. You know, This is cool, man. I like going through these different alternatives because, you know, other than just a, a, st- a typical set of either rods or brushes, you know, having these alternatives are great. Yeah, know? I mean, with the, the soft corn things, the spawning, I immediately think of, uh, like, Neil Young or something along the, like, artists like that that are super, like, there's an art, an album Neil Young did called Harvest Moon and the, the lead single was called Harvest Moon. Yeah. And, it's got a kind of brush beat in it that's really hip mm-hmm. and they would sound great with it. Oh, you, you know, time, those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like more contemporary pop stars. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like if you strip down like everything to its kind of bare bones, like imagine playing some tunes off Taylor Swift's Folklore mm-hmm. with those sporins. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because they're so soft, they're really delicate, but then when you start to build it, yeah, dynamically you can switch them around and yeah. get a little bit more power out. Bonavere or something. Bonavere, exactly. Yeah. You, yeah, you know, if you're playing in that kind of vibey band or something, even more like more modern jazz things would they would be cool in that. Mm-hmm. Quite like them. The next ones are really great. They're called dream catchers. Oh, now these are so these are aren't advised to hang in your bedroom at night. <laughs> no, they didn't work for me. So these oh, are brushes, but with this little red thing. Um, that looks like a dream catcher. Um, so, f- if you're just listening on the audio wise, basically, the dream catchers have kind of, it almost looks like a dream catcher, but there's basically a big, a, 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 I say a big, a small plastic red. It looks like a snowshoe without the inside. Yeah, that's, uh, thank you. It looks like a tennis racket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little yeah. Bit. Uh, and um, it's used, my immediate use for it is a backbeat. Yeah. You get a backbeat, so that's like your reg- that's your regular brush backbeat for the audio troops. And then if I flip it, so yeah, yeah. But you know, like even with a lot of fast jazz music, you know, 
you're playing mm. that kind of the stand. I'm not even going to try. It's been so long. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But you know, a lot of those accents need to cut right through. So yeah. again, those sticks for that kind of situation would be amazing. You know, you need to all of a sudden you need to bring things from very very quiet to very very loud. Yeah. Super quick. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, I wonder again that would be cool on the symbols. Yeah. You know, just maybe right on the edge of the ride, or again the crash. If you need a little bit more power in the crash, uh-huh. um, like you say, if you want to get loud really quickly. Yeah. Um, outside of that, it's a very simple brush. The handle is rubber. Um, I like the way they're weighted. My only, I'm going to critique this one. Okay. My only, can I see one? Yeah, you absolutely can. Yeah. The only thing I would like differently is a slightly longer handle. Okay, right. Ever you, so slightly. Have I, you got quite big hands? No, but it's because of where the weight is because of the Dreamcatcher bit. See, this is interesting because I actually like the size of it. Right. Wow. Okay. For me, but I've got like quite small hands. Okay. So I don't know if that if that affects how you. Well, absolutely. Well, but yeah. I I just feel like if I could have it ever so slightly longer, it would balance out the weight. But that's a really sort of snide critique because you're not. I, I wouldn't be using them all the time. Yeah. So for the for the one tune that would end up in the set, yeah, or two tunes where I may use it. Then I'm I'll deal. Yeah, you know. Now I noticed you took a cover off. Yes, of they the have a sheath. So they have a sheath, right? So is it possible to play these with the sheath oh, on? Oh, God, you've blown my. That's a couple of times you've challenged me, just in this little time. That's why we have a good yin and yang, Chris. Oh, there you are. Uh, let's hope I don't I break the sheath. Your barbie. Yes, you can. You can use it. Yeah. Actually, that. Does that solve your weight issue? A little bit. Yeah. But it changes the sound, but I like the sound. Okay. So that is really just with the tip that I am playing here. So uh, is there a way you could show that on the camera? Just lift it up. So yeah, if you if you see that the sheath is on, there's a tiny, tiny little bit of brush that pokes out at the top. It's like a little mohawk at the top. <laughs> a little brush mohawk. <laughs> a little brush mohawk. <laughs> If you hit them too hard, the sheath comes off. Yeah. That's the only thing. But, yeah. Um, it's still possible, though. Yeah, it is possible. So those are the Dream Catchers by Headhunters. twenty seven ninety nine. Not bad, man. That's like really the price great. of a brush. Yeah, yeah. For a good quality set of brushes, yeah. Plus, you get the added um, dynamical uh, feature. Dynamical? Yeah. Is dynamical a word? It is today. Okay. It is today. Woo-hoo. So the stingers are the last ones. Described as foam core rods surrounded by four slatted bamboo make an extremely durable instrument. Foam core provided bounce and impact strength. Oh, it's a foam core. I thought these had a plastic core. No, so these are quite like Vic Firth makes something like these as well. Tala ones, I believe they're called. Yep. The, the, uh, that are a signature product for Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. These are light, uh, heavier though. Oh, they're heavier. Okay. Yes, which straight away I like. Yeah. Um, they're like normal bamboo rods, team. Um, you can adjust the 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 top of them, but they sound great. This is the closest product that we're looking at to sticks. So, so I'm gonna straight away play devil's advocate. Uh-huh. So compare those. I'll I'll hold those okay. and compare those to actual sticks, which you've placed in the snare roll right there. Oh. 
So you need to adjust. Hang on, because I, I, <laughs> I, I change. How do I play one with one hand and one with the other? That makes more. Okay, so, so much more sense. For audio, um, I'm doing this drumstick first, which is my left hand, and then the stinger second, which is my right hand. So they're still, they're not quite as loud as a, just a conventional stick, but they are still pretty loud. Yeah, and they're softer. The immediate impact is softer. Yeah. Um, but they do rebound quite well, and I do like that you can adjust um, the, the rubber part around the top to soften it even further. Yeah. They do feel really nice. They're a lot lighter than I expected. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would agree. But they're still heavier than Tala ones. Yeah. Yeah, wow, I like them. Amazing, yeah. yeah, I actually have a set of these. Oh, do you? The yeah, stingers, yeah. yeah, yeah, I have a set of the stingers. What, have you, what applications have you found to use them in? Uh, just anything that you need to be quieter, but still want the texture of drumsticks. Yeah. You know? I uh, guess that's... I think a lot of drummers, myself included, went wrong when they um, when they buy their first set of... Um, not brushes. Um, rods. Rods, thank you. Because um, I know I went through a, a period of this, like, me and my dad's in my house. We spoke about this before, but... To keep the volume down, you just automatically assume, okay, I'll use not a stick, but something that's like a stick. Mm-hmm. And you instinctively just thought, okay, they're not sticks, they're rods. Perfect. But rods can be just as loud. They can be. You know, um, and they break far easier. They do, also because you end up hitting the drums just as hard as you would with drumsticks. So yeah. they're just going to... F- I liked, growing up, I liked, I had flicks. I like the flex sticks. The yeah. orange flex, because there wasn't anywhere near this kind of level of options. So flex yeah. were great. Uh, and they fray as opposed to breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't so bad. Yeah. Because um, they're plastic, obviously. So, uh-huh. um, th- And I like the ability to adjust the the rubber part, the rubber ring at the top of them. You could slide them down so it would open up the, the stick a wee bit. You yeah. Know? I like the stingers you just had there. I really like those. I kind of wish those were a, a thing when I was a bit younger. Because... Mm. Um, mm-hmm. They feel like you're holding a stick, yeah. but you, as soon as you strike the drum, you know you can't hit as hard. Mm-hmm. So, but you don't feel as though you have to compensate like I felt as I had to with rods. Right? Do you know what I mean? Because uh-huh. I felt as though I had to hit harder with rods to feel like I was actually to try and get that same sensation as I was holding a stick. Yeah. Whereas the stingers feel like I'm holding a stick already, so I don't feel as though I need to compensate, mm-hmm. so I can play a yeah. bit quieter. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, you feel? I do feel. I think it's also down to the musical application. Like, what what kind of music are you playing? You know, yeah. if you're playing really soft music, then all of this stuff will work really well. Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, I think the first time I saw Rods was was it Clapton Unplugged? Mm-hmm. Steve Ferrone was playing them. Yeah. Um, and the first time I saw Brushes outside of jazz was Nirvana Unplugged. Oh yeah, Grohl. Yeah. Dave Grohl plays brushes on that. Yeah, um, he plays rods on that as well. Does he? Yeah, he uh, does, yeah. Just I remember seeing him with with brushes. Yeah. Um, it's quite funny actually. See when you watch that, um, there's one song in particular, and the name of it has completely escaped me. Um, where he's playing rods, and you can see him really want to go for it. Uh, and, he, and like you also see him not only want to go for it, but you see him kind of like hold himself yeah. back, and he's just like tinkling yeah. the right symbol. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but yeah, th- th- those are a great selection. Um, Headhunters do a, a whole wide variety of different things, you know, but those are, f- are four that, that we seem to really like. Could you see or foresee an application where you would require all four of those on a gig, do you think? I mean, if you're playing the right music, absolutely, you yeah. know, because they all offer a completely different thing, you know? Yeah. So And like you made me do, you can mix and match them. 
Yeah. So it would really be down to, I think, how creative you want to be. Yeah. Um, it would be down to the music. These kind of things, you know, but I think the, 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 the kind of world's your oyster, which is what mm-hmm. I really like about them, you know. Even thinking back to playing them there, I really like those sporting sticks, man. I think yeah. they feel really great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Maybe you should, like, do a video. Like, yeah. like a like a product video. Oh, yeah. Where you play them on a kit and see what they're, what they're like. What you know, I'll bring mine in. So yeah, yeah. You know. Of course, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wicked. Um, I mean, obviously, other brands make tons of stuff. Mine will do those husk brushes, which are really cool. They're they are sort of relatively new. Um, we didn't look at anything like mallets. They've been done to, to done death. death. Yeah, by a, yeah. a million um and and one videos and all that. So you, yeah. you kind of know what you're getting with them. But yeah, yeah. Um, check out the headhunters. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like we we often get people come in and ask us. You know, like oh, like is there anything different? You know, and that's headhunters is typically the first place we'll direct. Yeah, them because for sure. they are very different. They're very sure. out there, you know. And being honest, like there maybe are things that they make that you will probably most often never use, but there'll be that one situation mm-hmm. where you'll need something completely yeah, bonkers. We've had some some people come in um that play folk music. I've had some drummers come in that, that also do classical or chamber kind of orchestral things that find uses for these you know maybe if it's contemporary classical music that want you to play the side of a shell yeah but you don't want a drumstick sound well like the dream catcher brush sound or the sporing um you know the plastic ball thing on the yeah. sporing could work you know so there's yeah. all sorts of it also won't damage your drums no that's it and there's all sorts of hip different ways to do it you know um really be, a lot of people are putting cymbals on drums at the moment splashes on drums and that mm-hmm. kind of thing something like that might have a cool effect on those yeah sure. you know just come the world is your oyster out of the four that you played there which one's your favorite the sporins sporins yeah i think so that's that's these ones the board we, we both really yeah like the 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 corn the corn ones with the plastic i just think they feel tremendous that's something we've not tried with the snares off mm-hmm. Right away, that reminds me of like a kind of like gated reverse kind of sort of snary kind of mm. vibe, you know. Yeah, it's just cool, man. Yeah, and I like how light these are. And with this kind of stuff, if you've got a thicker handle and they're light, it feels good to play because they kind of do the work for you. Yeah. It's like when people want thick sticks but light sticks, they pick maple. Mm-hmm. So you know that's kind of relative. Feels like feels relative to that to me. Yeah, just nice, man. Yeah, those are my favourites. Like. I like. I also yeah. like the Fat Bastards purely for the name <laughs> as well. But they sound great. Yep. So yeah, that is that. Um, someone asked us this week about our in-ear monitor mixes <laughs> and how we like them to be. You yeah. you are more switched on with this stuff than I am. Yeah. Mm. I kind of plug headphones into a, a mixer. Yeah. And 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 do that. If I had options where another human was doing it for me like gordon for example yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i probably would like a stereo sound yeah like if the guitarist is on my right then his sound is on my right mm-hmm. if the bass player is on my left then he's on my left mm-hmm. you know in one ear okay yeah, yeah. Uh, singer down the middle do you know for the longest time with in-ears i never wanted myself through them at all I can dig that. I can un- absolutely understand that. And I used to be like that, but whenever I was in those situations where I had them in, I would hit the drums too hard. Right, okay. Fair so yeah. it is a good way of actually monitoring how hard you're hitting the drums. Yeah. 
what a bad habit that I've got into. Um, I still I like having now. It's kind of changed, but before I didn't like having myself through my ears because it just kind of in my mind I thought well the drums are right in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like why do I need them also blasting my ears? Mm-hmm. Surely the whole point is that they're not blasting my ears. Mm-hmm. You know, and I needed to hear everyone else more prominently. But you're absolutely right. You just end up hitting the drums harder. It depends how good and how much the the actual headphones isolate. Yeah, I've done, <laughs> I've done gigs with Apple headphones. It's been awful. Oh yeah, you know. But that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I don't even know why I did it. But yeah. you know, it I've, seems like a good idea at the time. But yeah, it's, it's like if you if you forget and you happen to have headphones in yeah. your bag. See, from having conversations with our own Dave, like I've went almost too far the opposite way where I have spared everything. Yeah. So like if I have if I'm in a situation where I have in ears, like I have also have a backup set of in ears mm-hmm. in my case because I'm just like I don't want to go through the gig A without in ears completely or B have to resort to like really like terrible Apple headphones mm-hmm. that just all know won't be able to handle everything that it's been having or everything that's having to process. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, now my in ear mix I guess has kinda changed, so obviously I have a lot of bass drum. This is well because I haven't gigged my new sonar kit yet, mm-hmm. I don't know if I need as much bass drum in my in-ears as what I maybe did before, because I had a 16 before, 16-inch bass drum. Yeah, so okay. obviously with that, it's not there's not as big a sound going to come out of that, so I need to obviously crank it in my ears to be able to hear it. Um, I also have electronics as well. Okay. So um, with the band I work with as well, all their, um, they've got a digital desk, so uh, basically i can control my own mix from my ipad so mm-hmm. sometimes it'll vary literally depending on the room like sometimes i'll have too much bass sometimes i'll maybe not have enough bass you know um because also obviously as you've quite rightly pointed out it depends on where they are on the stage mm-hmm. you know more often than not they'll be in the same place but like sometimes uh, the bass player will have an amp some nights he won't have an amp he'll just go through his um his pedal mm-hmm. you know yeah so it, just, absolutely. It, it really depends but I guess obviously vocal is main. That's, that's yeah. I was just about to ask: Is there a kind of hierarchy for who's in your ears? As long as I've got vocal, um, some sort of melody or leading melody, whether it be vocal or even saxophone. So I've got something there, then I at least know where I am. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which isn't so much of a problem now, is because obviously you know what songs more often you're not you're playing, but. In the beginning, I was just like, as long as I know where I'm, if I can hear the vocal, I'm good. Right. Like, I don't really, I'm not fussed about anything else, really. Maybe if I'm being hyper picky, vocal and maybe, like, guitar or mm-hmm. a keyboard, saxophone, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as I've got at least vocal, I know where I'm at. Because, I don't know about you, but my training was always, if in doubt, just follow the singer. Yeah. If, she changes her, if he or she yeah, changes yeah. her mind, you just follow them. Yeah, and so, we've all been in those situations where... They've chopped four bars off something. Yep. Or just chopped the last line off something, going into the chorus. So the singer is in the chorus while the band isn't. Yeah. Okay, we're in the chorus now. We're in the chorus. Yeah, yeah. you're right, man. You're so right. Um, what about you? I, well, I like the front of house sound in my ears. Oh, okay. So I like a mixed band. Right. Um, because then I know where I sit in it all. Okay. Yeah. Um, Do you think that helps you with dynamics? Yes. Yes, I think so. Um... There's only three instruments in the band I play in, so yeah. guitar, bass, drums. So there's a lot more space, and the, the, the sort of 
and my headphones anyway. You know, it's not that there's not all the keyboard stuff going on, and keyboards can sound really harsh in headphones as well. Patches yeah. can sound really harsh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I tend to like the front house mix. That's how I, that's how I, yeah. I do it. Um, and it also I can tell where the singer sits in relation to the rest of the band. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not in my ears too high, so I can yeah. is the guitar too loud? You know, because we haven't had time to sound check all his patches or something. You know, yeah. um, and it lets me sort of deal with that because you sit at the back as well mm-hmm. so um we're on also... almost amplest stage sorry i interrupted you no, no. we're almost an amplest stage as well because oh. our guitarist is uh he has a kemper so he yeah. doesn't take an amp uh the bass player is is looking at, at, at making amps go away as well so right. um it helps to hear a stereo mix rather than like yeah mixing it myself to to like and it kind of echoes what Gordon was speaking about a couple of weeks ago. Like, obviously, the band naturally gets louder mm-hmm. throughout the night. Ah, so that means eh? that you've kind of literally got a source of how loud it's getting through your ears. Yeah, you know? for sure. So, and who's playing loud? And you also, you can kind of hear the audience too. Mm-hmm. I quite like to hear that. Yeah. You know, you pick up little cues from people if they're having a good night or not. You know, yeah. you can hear things that people say. Um, you, I can hear the band on the stage if we need to talk to each other as well because mm-hmm. the vocal mic will typically pick something up so yeah. if the singer has skipped a song uh-huh. and she says it to the guitarist she doesn't really need to tell me yeah because i can hear her say it yeah you know within a certain boundary yeah you know so silly things like that you know um it just means it's dead easy to keep the night going yeah you know because there's nothing worse than somebody trying to talk to you when you have any ears in that have isolated absolutely everything you haven't to take them out and yeah, out, you know, as I was saying, a bad habit that I've kind of got into, even with that, is taking the in ear out my ear a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like not like enough to where I can actually hear myself. And it's, it's, it's actually just occurred to me right now as I'm talking to you through this very microphone and this very shit <laughs> right now. Um, why don't I just put my snare drum through my in ears? Do you make it? Yeah. Oh well, then yeah. Why yeah, don't you? I know. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, d- I don't. Make it. You don't make it at all? No, I make no. the bass drum. Right, okay. And that's it. The only reason we make all the drums is purely because of in-ears. Right. But, to be fair, thinking about it, I've never had an instance where the saxophone player needs to hear my rack tom. No, they, you know. they, and they typically need less of everything. Yeah. Um, you know, it just makes everything difficult going out the, yeah. out the PA, you know? I think... I guess this break from gigging is kind of making you obviously rethink things, how you'll do things when you go back to gigging. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, and actually, speaking to Gordon, Gordon's kind of echoed. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to episode 30 with Gordon, by the way, do so. Yeah, because absolutely. It's pretty eye-opening. But where I was going with that was, it's made me kind of rethink my making strategy of when I make up the kit, uh-huh. you know? So, like, maybe I won't, maybe I'll just have a bass drum and an overhead, you know, because maybe that's all it needs, mm. you know, depending on the room. Especially if you're triggering as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, depending on what sounds you're putting through, that'll come out front of house. That can be really loud, actually, mm-hmm. um, and really sort of right at the front of this of this, this the sound rather than kind of moving air. So depending on how dynamically you play and stuff, it's just yeah. a process sound that's really loud. Yeah. Um, I and I usually have the dynamic setting turned off as well. Really? So yeah, usually, yeah. Okay, how come? Um, purely because I think for a lot of the songs that I'm using triggers with and like samples it's all meant to be loud it's usually like kind of like if we're doing like emulating dance music right. or something that it's like for me that's just like well it needs to be kind of all out there loud Fair enough. yeah I don't really think 
if you listen to like any of the dance hits, you know, they're not really dynamic in a no, way okay. of like the music. The drums are always like at eleven. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas everything else can kind of fluctuate back and forth. But mm-hmm. whenever the drums kick in, especially the bass drum, it's always thumping. So I think yeah, okay. In my so, brain, I'm like, well, that would make sense. Yeah. Why? Not? Why just, I'll just turn the dynamic off. I take them off any backing tracks if there's any backing tracks needed. Oh yeah, dynamic, yeah. Set, yeah. dynamic setting off that because I've done that before not hit the backing track loud enough yeah or not uh, the dynamic settings been on so you you just tap the pad and it yeah. comes out quietly and you're like where's the backing track so if anyone listening doesn't use electronics um they're more often than not on each sample patch there is a setting for dynamics mm-hmm. so that basically means however hard or soft you strike the pad the pad will play either a sample or in this case a track at that volume yeah. degree so if you hit the pad really softly it's going to come out really really quietly if you hit the pad really loud or really hard it's going to come out really really loud mm-hmm. but there's a setting in most electronics where you can turn that setting off yep. so that it'll just always no matter if you hit it soft or loud it'll come out um at the same volume and more often than not it'll be the volume that's set on it which will yeah be and that, i guess that way then that you are controlling that from the front of house and then your own ears rather than on the machine yeah exactly hmm. um because I too have been in that situation with an originals band who we had a backing track and I just got my Roland SPDSX mm-hmm. and I didn't realise that you could turn the dynamics uh, on and off and I had it like just raised it and I could hear it fine because you can obviously you can route it a certain way to where it sounds loud in the headphones or mm-hmm. like I don't know if I'd maybe done something either way I was trying to work out how to use it and the guys were turning around to me going there's no backing track mid at a gig mm-hmm. and they're like there's no backing track and I'm like but there is I can hear it Mm-hmm. And like, but it's really quiet. Why is it really quiet? You know, and like, I, I had to stop the song. It right. was one of those ones we had to stop the song. Ah, man. It kills all the but vibe. H- how much do you, how loud are the electronics in your ears? Uh, pretty loud. Right. Because I also uh, have a little mixer beside mm-hmm. me. So I have the band going into it um, just as like a master kind of signal. And I have my electronics right. in the um, mixer separately so I can blend to. Um, purely because I don't trust anyone with it, <coughs> um, which I've, isn't unfair, I suppose, because I just maybe I'm just too anal that way. I just like no, I mean my wife's been in a situation where she was playing drums for a band and they were all on in ears because they used the electronic drums and mm-hmm. they nearly blew her ears off. Yeah, because the the signal was just too hot and they, they were in a rush and didn't really sound check her, so she was like, "Whoa, like whoa, mm-hmm. guys, stop! Like this is horrendous," you know. Mm-hmm. And one, I think she had one ear in, one ear out, kind of vibe, you know, mm-hmm. playing electronic drums all night, which is yeah. not a great, man. So I, I get why you wouldn't maybe trust everybody. Yeah. Or just want more control, rather. Yeah, that's just, uh, for that kind of thing, especially, obviously, if you're if you're working with a new band at that time, I try and make it as simple as possible. Just like, this is what I need. If you could just give me a feed from you guys, I can control all that kind of stuff from here. I'll just give you what you need yeah. from me, you know. Yeah. The question was from Michael Crow. Thank, Thank you, Michael, Michael for that. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Um, let us know how you run yours. Yes. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, we also had another question um, from Michael Delangio. Right. I'm sorry if I've butchered your, your last name. Um, but he left us a comment on YouTube, and he was basically asking what got us involved with drums. You know, what got us into playing drums. Okay. Um, I'm sure that I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. But if I haven't, it was just getting drums the first day on at school at high school yeah um and getting to play and i was like this is great mm-hmm. really love this yeah um and it was really fortunate that i got into all the music i like at the same time mm-hmm. and found 
two other people to play with at the same, like literally the same week. Bish, bash, bosh, done. Wow, done. Um, so I, yeah, straight away, it was just a combination of meeting good people to play music with, getting into good music and getting to play the drums, mm-hmm. being given the opportunity to play mm-hmm. um, on an acoustic kit as well because there weren't electronic kits at school. Yeah. So, um, you know, we had to, we were taken to, I think you did drums on the stage. Mm-hmm because it was away from all the classrooms and the music department so you weren't going to wind anybody up by yeah. playing the drums you know yeah. so yeah um finding good drummers right away that i liked um you know acdc at the beginning it was like music my dad liked at the beginning you mm-hmm. know so yeah. all that kind of stuff like learning to play phil rudd stuff um which is just a different tempoed variation of the same beat <laughs> so <laughs> the ro- yeah. the basic rock beat at a variety of tempos some of them really fast some of that early uh, or that you know sort of live ACDC stuff when they're playing Let There Be Rock and all that was for seven minutes the same speed is kind of bonkers you know yeah Um. so yeah that's a kind of sort of diet version of that it was all all happened really quickly mm-hmm. Um. what were you? you and I have a very similar I think we I think we have spoken about origin story origin story Um. Whereas I had slightly, I, I kind of guess slightly earlier introduction because my dad was a drummer, um, but he hadn't played in years. And it was one of those we were tidying out the house and he found his old drumsticks. It sounds like a Tenacious D movie. Like, <laughs> it really does. Like, um, maybe it will be now. Maybe it, <laughs> make, the, make that happen. Um, he found his old pair of drumsticks and I was like, what are these? Like, Because um, obviously like they just looked like two identical bits of, like I don't know, like tree or something. I don't right. know. Um, and he's like, "Oh, these are my drumsticks." And I was like, "Drums? <laughs> what? What is this? <laughs> what what is this what is drums?" Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so oh, at that point, we didn't have drums. All I had was literally like, I think I don't even think he did have a practice pad. But we basically he took that as like, "Oh, I'll show you what the drums are." And he got like the dining room chair out and like started showing me like, "Here's like single stroke. Here's uh, a paradiddle. Here's a double stroke." Um, and of course, when I'm like seven years old, I'm just want to just pick up the things and just like raise hell. Absolutely, on it. yeah, and just beat the crap out of the dining room chair. Absolutely, um, to my mum's disapproval. So absolutely. Um, and then it wasn't until like a few years later, when I was twelve, and you know, high school rolled around, and um, you kind of your first kind of introduction to music classes. Cool, I'm going to show you guys how to play a basic beat on the drums. And I'm like, drums, I've heard that word before. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, these are the things. That always different from a dining room chair. Okay. Um, and I th- I've definitely told you this before because I remember, and this is no word of a lie, and it sounds proper origin story, like um, Harry Potter level, you're a wizard Harry <laughs> level of... Um, but it's the basic beat that he showed me, the dunts, cuts, dunts, cuts. Mm-hmm. Do you like my beatbox? In there? Mm-hmm, I did. Today. That was good. Um, you should work in a drum shop. <laughs> I know. Brilliant. I'll send my CV away. <laughs> um, uh, by the time I, I, I actually um, have this down to the fact that I, because I was more or less the last person to go, I'd worked it out in my head how to do it. So by the time I sat down, I just played it straight away. Right. But like my music teacher took that as no one else has been able to play this. He's the first person to play it. He must be the Messiah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, oh! <laughs> finally! Um, we got one. We got one. Um, but I'd just like been sitting there, but, like right, try to process this in my brain. So, but from there, like everyone was just like, you know, you're a wizard, Harry. Yeah. You're a wizard, Harry. Yeah, can you Adam, tell about Adam McKechnie can play the drums, man? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I know. Um, 
and then I got out of school and realised just how bad I was because everyone else was miles better than I was. So, but yeah, that was my basic introduction to the drums. Did you learn quickly? I think I learned quicker than other people in the class. Right. But I didn't learn it quickly. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, like, everyone else, like, basically, when I got to my third year of high school, there was, like, the class was kind of split down and, like, four students in that class were going to get, like, one-to-one tuition for drums. <sighs> Which was amazing. Yeah. Right? I had a teacher called Graham Barkley. Um, oh yeah, I know Graham. Do you know Graham? Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. I've not seen him in years, but he's he's a lovely guy and just yeah, he's been uh, in here. He's been in here. Yeah, has yeah. Because he? oh. I think he's the head of education somewhere. Anyway, yeah, he was yeah. Anyway, um, so he was kind of like I was like under his wing a little bit. So um, I remember us. Did you ever play a piece in high? Uh, play a piece. Play a piece in high school called Barbado Calypso. No, no, man, we no. were. That was way before, no, way after our time. Way after your time. Right. Okay, for, I forget you're older Number than me. Number four, funk yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one, two, yeah. three. <laughs> yeah. Two bad time, two bad count. <laughs> That's a throwback for all the oldies. You know what that wow. is. Wow, throwback. Um, so I remember he, um, I was like, it was third or fourth year at high school, and he said, I'm going to show you you four. I was one of the four that was picked, by okay. the way. Uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. In your year or the whole school? In my year. Right, so okay. it was just like they picked it out from year groups. Um, anyway, he was like, I'm going to show you four Barbado Calypso. And he played it start yeah. to finish, which if you've never played that tune, it doesn't have backing music. You just basically make, it's like a, it is a Calypso. Right. So you, you just like do it all yourself. And like, you know, you make all these like cross rhythms and everything, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. Um, but I remember standing there, like kind of like having a Wayne's World. <laughs> like this is amazing there's no way i'll be able to play that kind of thing uh-huh. and um well, gradually over time obviously we all learned how to play it but even when it got to exam because that was for the exam so when it got to the exam i just managed to nail it but everybody else was really struggling so oh, thought, okay right like, okay okay maybe i'm maybe this is going somewhere mm-hmm. you know um and then yeah from there just the rest is the history thing. the rest is history Here did I you am. win the trivisor cup because uh, <laughs> four of you from your year group Competing against each other. Competing against each- no, but I did teach him all the Patronus charm. Right, so okay. There you go. Brilliant. Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like that. I didn't really learn well, uh, quickly, but I blagged all the playing opportunities I could. I'm going to confess something here. Oh, man. Um, here there was uh, one of the girls who lived in my street who played the drums was going to talk to the orchestra band director about getting to play the drums, and I overheard her and went first and <gasps> duked the spot. No way! I did. She was furious, man. She was absolutely raging. Furious, George. She ended up. <laughs> she ended up playing tuned percussion. The, the xylophone of sadness was her friend. <laughs> I uh, bet she was like looking at you as well. Oh, like, and like, just... I, like we we lived like four houses away from each other, so she was just <laughs> raging. You know, why would you do that? Like, because I want to play the drums, um, and I will run over whoever it is. No. <laughs> um, but I also played in like. I would play in all the school shows, like anything kind of music. Like we, we did, I think we did Greece. I played Greece when I was at school. And did you really? Yeah, wow. yeah. We played stuff like that, and I would play for assemblies and brass band, and just Beautiful. basically blag any opportunity to play that I could. See, that's amazing. We weren't allowed to play for we school had shows. And battles like of the bands and stuff, battle yeah. of the bands and and things like that. And wow. my band would play. We had no singer, and then we got a singer, and, and that was like dead exciting. And yeah. Back when you'd nothing to worry about, man. I know. Back before, about, except for playing like placebo tunes and Smashing Pumpkins tunes and Radiohead yeah. tunes and all those things. Well, for me, my version of that would be like Fall Out Boy and yeah, Pancake absolutely, Disco and all that. Uh, and like you know, I mean, um, so I, yeah, I can um, relate to you with the whole 
um, like taking any opportunity you can because mm-hmm. in my lunch breaks, most of my lunch breaks were spent in the music rooms. Like yeah, did all that stuff. Like shedding. Yeah, like, absolutely. I say shedding and and, and open quotation marks right. shedding because I couldn't at that point. And right. I still can. Um, after school, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Did a bunch of that. So yeah. I think you kind of because you and I had a similar didn't really have a kit in the house like you kind of appreciate it more even though the school well i did more. have a kit in the house just oh, did you? yeah because my old man played as well so i wasn't of course i was quite lucky but just my neighbor hated me so yeah uh, I, so you had a kit but you couldn't really so, like, I, sometimes yeah, there, yeah. Was, there were times there were times of bleak bleak winters <laughs> when, when i couldn't play um you know so yeah i get I, I, yeah, it was, yeah it was tough you know so taking all those opportunities after school was mm-hmm. super important so. what was your school kit it was a Yamaha Power V in white. Oh, no way. 22, man. 12, 13, 16, with a matching, st- oh, imagine a steel shelled snare. Uh, and I have one of those in black. Yeah. Um, also, then we got some, that was the stage kit. That was the the good kit. That was a good kit. Oh, I was yeah. going to say, every school has a good there kit. There was a pretty gnarly 70s premiere in silver, uh, which was horrible to play, and it had like really cheap, clear. CS dots on it, like, mm-hmm. but they weren't Remos, right? They yeah. were just wherever they were from. Ninos. And <laughs> Nemo. Nemo's and then we got um, some Premier kits. We got new kits. We got APKs. Amazing. But it was before like ten inch toms were a vibe, so it was all 22, 12, 13, 16 yeah. You know, it was all big rock and roll kits. So it, uh, you would just make that one up, one down quite quickly. You know, because yeah. I've sack playing like 12, 13, 16 I wasn't. I've skinny wee guy you know so i would take one off and just play one up one down you know um and Uh, black rap i think it was back at the point where premier and yamaha were together i think premier owned yamaha for a hot minute and the power v was an english made kit it was basically uh, they were the same drums effectively yeah ours was a a really old school pedal export i mean to be fair tremendous well i think it could have sounded great yeah, but it was also known as the the good kit. Right, you know, okay, it was one yeah. of those. Um, and I remember in my fifth year at high school, my school didn't really, not that they didn't have an appreciation for drums, but like my school, a lot of people who were very classically trained in violin and yeah, you know, um, piano and you know all that kind of stuff, they were kind of like seen as like the rock stars of that. Whereas I'm just like trying to play Fall Out Boy and just love my life. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh. Our school, and I'm sure your school was probably the same, we had a Young Musician of the Year competition. No. Did you not? No. Right. We had a Young Musician of the Year competition. Right. Um, I don't even think I've told you this, like, outside of podcast. Anyway, so um, it was one of those ones where you basically, you learn, like, a piece or two, and you perform it in front of, like, your mums and dads. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and a panel of judges selected mm-hmm. from, like, right. you know, you have the Janny, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the techie teacher who yeah. knows nothing about it. Or, Lunch Lady Doris. Or, or none of them care. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, Why I am I here? Is this mad attention? <laughs> exactly, totally. Um, anyway, so uh, Graham put me forward for it. Right. Right. Um, so Graham Barkley put me forward for it. And I was like, okay. And I was the only person playing drums on it. And my piece was uh, Barbado Calypso. And I'm probably going to butcher the name of this next one. But it was, I think it was called, and I'm not even joking, something about jazz. Right? Wow. Right? And that was it. That was what it was called. Um, and for that, he, he taught me the yeah. dean, 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 yeah. dean, dean, dean. I only knew it as the dean, 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 beat. Right? I didn't know what it was called, like a jazz. Like, anyway, so. Um, super nervous like sweaty hands and everything i'm like oh man and like before me was all these like 
kind of guys in my year who I knew but like were, weren't overly pally with and um, they were playing like Chopin and they were playing like you know like beautiful pieces on the violin like stuff that like I looked out and there was like people wiping tears <laughs> away and all that and I was like okay right okay no big deal no big deal um, and my friends at the time were like you okay I'm like yeah obviously dynamics were not my friend at that mm. point either so yep. walks out onto the stage in fact i remember before like we had to set up in the like the afternoon because it was the show was at night right and i remember setting up and of course we got the good kit out didn't we um and we had it was a pedal export and like you should have heard the the, oh, the, the tones on this man. right well, firstly the snare drum had a clear head on it right Great. nothing against that but like for us that's just a school going ah that'll do it aye you know just i think it might have been like a fake emperor like a nemo emperor you know what i mean a emperor a nemo emperor aye or whatever (laughs) um he's the new seth (laughs) he's the crux (laughs) anyway so um i remember to try and like look as if i knew what i was doing with the drums wise i remember going out and like my dad would give me a drum key and i was like mate now as if like oh yeah i know what i'm doing I'm gonna, I'm gonna tune these. Just make sure that you know they sound all right. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, tap tap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in tune. Yeah, and <laughs> like the tune, like, wong 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 wong. All the tuning rods sounding completely different. So Magic. it just sounded like like a wet fart every time oh, I hit the floor. Tom, I've, I kind of wish it was there. Oh man, you don't. I, I think no, it's. I, a, I think my mum filmed it. I think. Oh, I think she amazing. Uh, anyway, so I remember goes out and I. Uh, plays Barbado Calypso and like I got so buzzing that I was like that went brilliant right. cool and like everybody's just like I think because it was loud noise there was some people like kind of screwing up the face like oh what is this uh? <laughs> then there was some people going yes energy <laughs> yes <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> Rocks, resident rock star I <laughs> the Janny up the back with long hair <laughs> on your shells Slayer t-shirt on like clapping <laughs> yes um and then I got, to, I got I had to play something about jazz in my queue. <laughs> I had to cue my music teacher to play it from the like retro old school. I think it might even be a Yamaha like PA system. Brilliant. And he, he's, before I went on stage, he's like, right. His name was Gordon Pollock, right? I love him. But he, he played at my sister's wedding. Regardless, right. um, he's like, right. So when you want me to hit play on the track, just you turn around and you nod your head. Right. I'm like, okay, okay, still sweating, <laughs> you know, wiping the sweat off my hand. Okay, why are you okay. sweating? Watching cops. <laughs> Watching cops. I'm sweating. I'm like, okay, 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 let's do this. I can do this. Like, just a nod, yeah, yeah, just a nod. Just and I'll, and I'll just press play. Right, but I got so into Barbados Calypso <laughs> that like I was so sweaty and I was playing away and I played it far too fast. Like mm. actually, I must have played it. It's like maybe like a two and a minute, two and a half minute long piece. And I played it in about 30 seconds, Brilliant. right? So it just sounded like a... <laughs> and I just, like, I stopped. And everybody was like... like Amazing. Slow clap. And I turned around and I just, like, did, like, almost like a kind of rocks... Like, almost like headbang. But my glasses flew off. <laughs> <laughs> my glasses flew off. So then, not only did they bounce off Gordon Pollock, but he also had to play. So he pressed play. And I'm like, I can't see, I can't see. <laughs> and then you just hear, you just hear something about jazz. One, two, a one, two. And I was just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like trying to do my best, buddy Rich. Just like, ah. Yeah. Frantically, needless to say, I didn't win. Uh, but I mean, I mean, if I'm, like you, you won in our hearts, Adam. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, no, we never had any such, um, such competitions. No, we couldn't be trusted with the likes of that. Um, yeah. They just gave us Battle of the Bands. Um, and I remember one guy playing like something in the way by Nirvana. 
Oh, and wow. it was the like the like. <laughs> <laughs> Just this guy was often looked at with the uh, scorn and disdain oh, no. from from the local uh, Neds or Chavs if you're down south. Uh, they were just like you used to cut about school in cargo pants and all that cargo, you know. <laughs> just like didn't wear a uniform. No, this guy like dreads in his hair. Folk yeah. just left him alone, you know. Yeah. Just like the kind of kid that barked at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so that one. was that was very 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 strange. Yeah. Uh, and we played a placebo song and what else? Uh, a Smashing Pumpkins song, I think. And I played a drum solo and dropped a drumstick, oh, but I managed no. to catch it. So when I hit the cymbal, it fell out my hand, but I catched it. Catched it? Catched it. I catched it and caught it. It kept going. Uh, and I think there was one year we played one and we were playing a Pearl Jam song and the guitarist's string broke. Oh. But it, he could have carried on, but it managed to weave itself in and out his strings. How does that even I don't happen? know. So he was just like, couldn't play. And then oh, they, like no. they, we had to stop the song and shut the curtain. And, oh. and then it was like... Was there a like... You suck. No, they were just like, oh, I don't even know if they shouted, but it was like a race to find him a guitar, and oh, like God. eventually somebody gave him a guitar, and the curtain opened, and we tried again, and that was yeah, very... It just doesn't have the same impact nah, same around, does it? really no. doesn't. But I did find an old school picture of his at school, um, in one of those Battle of the Bands concerts, which is quite funny, I'll need to try and dig it up and bring it in. This isn't strictly related, but I remember one time when I was practising in one of the practice rooms, a boy, I can't remember if he was in my year at school, or he wasn't or if he was a year below or whatever, but he basically just got a brand new guitar. Right. And he was, like, a metalhead, so he, like, loved, like, you know, like, um, like bands like Escape the Fate and all right. that, like, like okay. new age metal bands, okay. like, but not, like, your, like, Iron Maiden or anything like that. Although he might have been in a... doesn't matter. I'm speaking for him. Anyway, um, he got a brand new <laughs> Fender guitar. Like, this thing was beautiful. He must have paid, like, about a thousand pounds for it. Boy was obsessed with guitar. Every time we were in class... He must have been in my year because he was in my class and all that as well. Anyway... He was um he was playing it. He was always playing all these like you know you got like the classical guitars in music. Yeah. Like um he was always like playing yeah. like just like shredding on yeah. this like acoustic guitar and it was really cool. Anyway, spent a lot of money on this like Fender like masterpiece like over a thousand pounds whatever. Just he spent a lot of money on it. Um, but he played a lot of metal music and he liked to like you know like do the whole image thing where yeah. he liked to like swing the guitar about you know uh, just get right into oh, it. Right? Oh, where this go? Well, he got strap locks right uh-huh. and with strap locks uh and i'm always speaking and this is third hand knowledge so i don't know this for certain but what i've heard is with strap locks you're supposed to almost screw them into the guitar to like make sure they hold on <laughs> probably I don't, right? know. I don't know for certain but um has uh he didn't screw them oh, in he he used um wood glue but not very good wood glue oh. either <laughs> right? you, you know exactly where this is going don't you so um he was like I, he burst into the practice room because me and him kind of spoke on and off and you know like i was a drummer he was a guitar like just kind of jamming a little bit and he's like dude do you want to see my new guitar and i'm like yeah and he started like, he's like dum, 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 you know like plug it in an amp and like obviously the amps were terrible so they were going to <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like his cable was broke and everything just guitar sounded cool looked cool anyway for as far as i knew um and he's like no watch this um and he'd been practicing swinging it around uh, like from his shoulder yep. to like catch it uh, yeah. and um he's like i've worked out a riff that where i can stop at a certain place and swing it around my shoulder and catch it and finish the riff and i was like okay do you want to show me uh, and um, he's like yeah 
I just got strap locks put in, so it'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> so he swings it, right? And I, no joke, it's like, have you ever seen um, like the old school? Have you ever seen something fly out of a cannon? <laughs> 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 because as soon as he sw- as soon as it the the weight of it left his body and it went round his back, the strap locks just went boof, just came off, just ah, and it like actually went. Do you know like see when someone see when someone throws a javelin, like they try and like throw it for a distance. That's what it was like, and he just see his face go from like excitement to just sheer horror, and it went flying through the air. <laughs> And I've never seen a guitar fly like this in my life. And it like actually flew and it got distance and it, you just heard it just going twang, twang, like skid along the ground. Right? Um, <laughs> oh, man, I shouldn't laugh. Oh, what a shame, but it was so funny. Um, I had to turn away because I was absolutely crying. And so was he, but he was crying because he just spent all his money on a guitar. And like, I, I think he was so lucky that the neck never snapped, but like, there was just so much, many oh, chips in it, and it was all scratched. <laughs> it a was f- all scratched. A free relicking. Oh, literally, yeah. But he was oh. absolutely heartbroken, and it's just, you know what? I mean? you just, you can't help but laugh. I yeah. was like, oh no. Poor dude, man. But it just was. I tell you something, man. Like, he must have swung it with some force because yeah. it got some air. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that was funny. Oh. Poor guy. So that's origin stories, trips. That's how we started. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, I, I started when I was third, no, twenty-three years ago, something like that. No, yeah. twenty-six years ago. So twenty-six, okay. twenty-seven years ago. So you've almost been playing drums for the same amount of time that I've been alive. It's quite mentally. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you feel old. There, no, no, it's fine. You know, it's fine. I am older than you. Oh so. uh, yeah, true. Um, yeah. I've been playing for now 15 years. Right. So I started when I was 12, yeah. properly. Yeah. Um, there you go. What age did you start? What is your origin story, know, yeah. dear listener? Yes. Um. Yeah, and I wanted to just... We haven't really talked about health and playing before, have we? It's things people talk about sometimes, you know, like longevity. And we had a customer in the other day who had to buy a new drum stool because... She's got back problems. Oh, no. Like, really severe lower back problems from uh, cycling and things, you know? Yeah. So, um, I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember playing a gig, and I'll use a drumstick for this actually to show you. Um, I couldn't pinch by the end of the night. Oh. So, I couldn't, my thumb and my forefinger couldn't close. Where you would keep the stick wouldn't close together. So, it was like my thumb had come off the stick and I had lost all the ability to close my hand oh no so if you can see in the camera I basically had to hold the stick like that with the back three fingers for the last couple of tunes that's not good it was not good at all no I got quite a fright I did get a fright yeah because I thought I couldn't use my hand yeah Um, thankfully by the time we stopped the gig it was this penultimate song um, by the time like I'd finished packing up, it'd come back and I could use my hand mm-hmm. normally. But I had to think about, okay, this is quite serious. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's quite a serious thing. I think I'd just over-gripped. And yeah, I was going to ask what actually. Do you know what happened? I or? was we, the 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 song ended up too fast. I think, and I was playing in a nightclub where I couldn't really hear myself, right. and I think I just I was just hitting the drums too hard, too quickly, and it just the the muscles were just like nah. Nah, I don't think so, man. Sorry. Yeah, um, 
I was wondering, like, if you've had, ever had anything like that, or do you, what do you do? You have a warm up routine because I know you you do a lot of training. Yeah. Like you do, you go to the gym quite yeah, a, lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, but like for the for the for your core and things, you know, if you're yeah. playing like four hour gigs where you've got to play for a long time, man. Like, yeah. I used to get a lot of pain in my back as well. I had to adjust how I sat. Like, mm-hmm. people forget that if you sit yeah. with your knees above your hips, mm-hmm. you're gonna take all that strain and stress on your lower back. Mm-hmm. You know, or if you have your uh, Hi hats at the wrong angle that that can displace yeah. hips and things. You know, it's actually quite important. It's funny because you actually made me rethink how I set up the drums a lot mm-hmm. to make it so it isn't like how it was before. Because I think before even we'd spoke, like I'd kind of, you know, I didn't feel comfortable behind the drums at all, and didn't feel as though things were set up to where I felt as though I was setting myself up around the drums yeah. purely because of how they would look from a onlookers perspective mm-hmm. as opposed to setting them up for no what's actually comfortable for me yeah you know it doesn't matter how it looks to other people yeah as long as i'm comfortable and i can play the drums to the best of my ability with them set up this way it doesn't matter how it looks mm-hmm. um to answer your question i never used to warm up at all which is really bad and i learned that the hard way because kind of similar to what happened to you i um a band i used to play with did a lot of busking believe it or not in Glasgow right. mm-hmm. um, and there was one time in particular that we busked all day and I had a gig at night right so we were playing drums basically on and off from about 11 o'clock in the morning till about maybe about 5 o'clock because then we obviously had to pack everything down and then had to go to an actual gig so I guess in total that day I probably spent about 9 hours on and off playing drums wow so but that's also in varying temperatures Mm -hmm. so not warming up firstly and then playing very cold and having it hit really hard yeah Um, that's not gonna help at all it's not gonna help at all so i think by the end of the night my arm my left arm had gave up right completely because the muscles had all seized up very close to what happened to you actually my muscles had all seized up and you know, I actually couldn't play with the arm anymore. I had to just play with my right hand. Oh, wow, okay. I had Jesus. To, you know, I was okay. completely goosed. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, like, I knew it was just because I just overstrained it. Yeah. You know, that's just bas- I just overworked the muscle. Because um, my right arm was feeling the same, but uh-huh. it wasn't because I, I'm right-handed. It, was, it wasn't as bad. My left arm was like, oh, my God, what is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, fr- it's kind of since that, it kind of gave me a fright. I got a practice pad, and now depending on how much time we have even if we have like five minutes before we start playing i'll at least stretch out my hands mm-hmm. now yeah. um i'll just do like very basic you know paradiddles or something yeah, on a practice pad just yeah. to get the blood flowing a little bit i know that it'll start flowing more once we actually start playing yeah. you know um first dance and whatever but even just a little bit before that i like to get myself kind of at least limber you know yeah man like, I, 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 I also latterly back end of last year I was getting a lot of pain in my right shoulder blade. Really? Yeah, and I, I couldn't put my finger on whether or not I had my right symbol too high mm-hmm. or my right symbol too low. Mm-hmm. But it would like like a real deep burning sensation, like, oh, that something doesn't like yeah. what's going on. And I think I probably just need to revisit what we did before, mm-hmm. which I can't take credit for. Ryan Ross, who used to teach in with us years ago, taught me that as well. He looked at me playing one day, he was like, bro, your setup's all wrong. Mm-hmm. And just you know went through the drum kit systematically mm-hmm. so that it was ergonomically 
it made much more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that when I could, I could shut my eyes and hit all the drums and everything, I would land where everything needed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think I've just gotten out the habit of that actually. Yeah. Um, so I think I need to redo it. Also, for the longest time, I played a twenty-two inch ride cymbal. Right. Yeah. And then played for like a year and a half, played a twenty. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if even just you know reaching for the bell because the bell would have been in a different place right, and yeah. adjusting where the setup is that that would contribute. You know I played thirteen inch hats for like ten years and then went to fourteen, so then the hi hat sand would move and yeah. I just think getting back to these real basic things, you know, because mm-hmm. like even that inch of difference in the hi hats makes a difference because you're then hitting them in a different place that mm-hmm. you might don't you maybe don't like the sound of, so you move the stand and then you know you're yeah. overcompensating to the one side. I played traditional grip for years and I would drop my shoulder, mm-hmm. which is really bad and I would get pain down there. And I've also got a really bad habit of putting my neck down, mm-hmm. which is really bad for the, like neck strain and all that. So yeah. I've got to take care of all of that stuff. Steve White actually years ago gave me a really good tip. He's like, imagine you're playing, you've got to try and keep a 50 quid note in your shoulder blades. Oh, okay. So that the posture's all up mm-hmm. and you've, you know, you brought your chest out. It's not hunkered back, you know, you're not yeah. hunk- uh, hunkering over. But I think so many people overlook it, man. They overlook yeah. a good stool. Like, a good stool is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, like, something comfortable, a comfortable base. Yeah. Not cheap, man. Like, spend the money on a throne. Uh-huh. We know. say that to people as well. We do, people, people absolutely. People who come in because it's one of the most, if not the most overlooked element of the drum kit. Yep. You will spend all your time on everything else except the throne. Yep. That's you it. Know. And I was talking to Louis Abbott, who's a former guest. Um, at Episode 7, I believe. Yeah, around about there. He was in the shop last week, and he uses a nitro throne mm-hmm. because if it if it's just not the right height, he doesn't have to get off the stool. He can just slight push and it'll adjust. Mm-hmm. You know, he says it's really heavy. It's maybe the heaviest thing if he's hardware bag and all that. Because he was in looking at hardware, and we were talking about the weights of hardware, so on and so forth. And he likes those because ergonomically they move well as well. He can he can play a lot of classical percussion. So if he's doing any kind of pit things and he needs mm-hmm. to jump between different drums, those kind of thrones help him do that. You mm-hmm. know. But yeah, man, I think it's really, really valuable to look at it. I think yeah. stretching really helps as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no secret that I've been doing martial arts for the last couple of years and, and stretching with that stuff really helped my playing, actually. Yeah. Uh, doing yoga and breathing helps balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think these are things that people should, if you haven't thought about them, are really worth a think. Yeah, because it's know? not all about the drums. Well, it's so physical. You know? I, I think it was a... Uh, Clem Burke from Blondie did a thing where they they strapped him up mm-hmm. and measured his heart rate output on a gig mm-hmm. and he did as much work on a 90 minute show as a guy digging a ditch for like 8 hours mm-hmm. so you're, it's really physical yeah. really really physical I think Eddie Thrower did a thing like that as well um, obviously we've had Eddie on the past uh-huh. in, in the past um, but he done uh, with one of the shows he played with Busted he had a heart rate monitor strapped to one of his legs right and again, it was for about a 90-minute show. I think calorie-wise, he burned well over a 1,000 calories. That's crazy. Which is, uh, in the grand scheme, doesn't sound like a lot, but it actually is. Like If you've done a workout, like even like a pretty intense workout, maybe at max, you're maybe going to burn about 400, 450, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, obviously, there's so many variables in that, but like at least if you're doing like strength conditioning, like sometimes you'll maybe only burn about that. You know, but right. to burn a thousand, like, and in also a, in within a ninety-minute scale, and he's a guy who's used to playing at that level and sustaining that for a long time. If you're not, you then you might end up burning more. Yeah, exactly. You oh, know, because yeah, yeah. his 
his sort of base level of fitness will be different from someone who's just started, mm-hmm. you know, because he's in gig shape. He'd been yeah. on a tour. Um, he'd done years of it previously, so he was used to playing high-energy shows, you know. Mm-hmm. So for a, for a guy who's doing it all the time yeah. and who's relatively young, relatively yeah. fit, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's quite but, a lot. But even on like a kind of like a working drummer level of like playing oh. weddings, you know, you're just playing the drums for about three hours. Yeah, and also, you know? I mean, guys like Eddie Throw don't set the drums up. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you've got all that on top of the extra exercise you're doing. Exactly. You know? yeah. So even just like our guitarist put his back out lifting his amp. Mm-hmm. Silly things like just twisting out the car the wrong way and, yeah. you know, before you know it, you might have to ergonomically address your entire drum kit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's really worth thinking about, man. It is, you know, like... Eating well, drinking water. Yeah. I can't drink alcohol and play. I've tried it before. Yeah. Um, you know, um, it's not good for coordination for me. No. There's some people can do it. I know yeah. I know some, some guys that can do it. I know some guys that can do it. Drink a lot of alcohol and do it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I am not one of those guys at all. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I don't drink either. But right. I, my um, my thing for that would have been energy drinks in the past. Right. Okay. I used to slam a monster right before playing a four-hour wedding. Right. Well, which was either it was great, but horrendous. Craig Brundell, man. Yeah, there's a post somewhere. Craig, Craig Brundell thought he was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to drink that much energy drink he used to drink that many energy drinks on a daily basis that he was driving the car and ended up like he thought he was going blind and stuff he had to pull the mm-hmm. car over and it was just the amount of crap in his system from drinking too many Red Bulls mm-hmm. you know it's really serious stuff yeah is, you know you've yeah. got to be really careful with a lot of that stuff it can be almost worse than drinking mm-hmm. alcohol yeah. you know and then thinking about like the amount of water that you're going to lose that you need to replace mm-hmm. you know if you play like the, the band I play in we'll do 40 minutes without stopping Mm-hmm. Like we'll do a forty-minute medley, yeah, no problem. Like we can have a pint of water and not touch it for an entire ninety-minute set. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be careful. Yeah, doing all that because kind of obviously, stuff. like you need water helps you stay limber. You know, if you don't have any cognitive function, it helps cognitive, cognitive function. Helps you concentrate. You know, helps you move. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, otherwise you'll start feeling stiff, and you know, next next thing you you look at the clock and you've still got an hour and a half left yeah. to play, and you're just. Man, I'm, I'm absolutely beat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> having said all that, when we all get back gigging, um, I reckon a lot of us will be like that. Just yeah, probably just have build up the endurance again. Yeah, you know? for sure. Uh, I believe I'm sure I read somewhere or heard somewhere Carter Beaufort drinks salt water before he plays. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, because the amount of salt that he loses on a gig. Yeah. It keeps his, all the sweat. Yeah. yeah, it keeps that. Um, it keeps that in check. You know, mm-hmm. so I think he drinks like a pint of salt water or something. You know, wow. Before a gig, so some guys go to real big lengths to do it you know yeah. um i mean our first guest on this show was craig reynolds mm-hmm. um who's a huge advocate of fitness and he's vegan like, and, and works out super high like octane. intense yeah. yeah i mean like um but he also plays very heavy music you mm-hmm. know that he requires you know a certain physique and a certain level of you know ability and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff but i mean it's, it's so important you know I've, I've even if you listen to craig's podcast um the downbeat he even talks about that with a lot of people, just right. how important it is, you know, and he's like, he's like, oh, like, a lot of people have even spoke to me about, like, you know, how they get in shape, and, like, he's worked out, like, all their, like, calorie intake and right. all that kind of stuff, like, mm-hmm. really went in depth with it, um, and I think all that's, for me, and as a kind of the average person, I think is maybe a bit too crazy, um, but it doesn't hurt to keep yourself kind of in check. Well, no, know? and it, I mean, for guys like Craig, it's a lifestyle choice. Exactly, yeah. You know, so uh, he would, I think he would do that regardless of whether or not he played drums. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, so, 
Yeah, it depends on how far you want to go with it, you know. Um, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely does. Um, I think it's just something that people really should pay mind to. I think I need to do it a little more, actually. Just yeah, well, I, 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 know uh, I, I definitely need, do. I, d- I drink way too much coffee and not enough water, mm-hmm. um, just for daily life as well, you know. Yeah. I've actually, dra- I've not, well, I have, I've drastically reduced my coffee intake. Right. Um, I was actually talking to you about you, talking to you about this. Um, mm. We talk like, about this quite a lot. We do. Like the other day, um, over the weekend there, I had like two coffees, one after the other. And for the rest of the day, I felt horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. struggled to sleep at night and everything. Yeah. Just from having another cup of coffee. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Usually I only have one and I feel you know, fine. Sleep perfect. You know, yeah. Not perfect, but I sleep like the right amount. You know, mm. I'm not like waking up at three in the morning, struggling to sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I used to be really bad for fizzy drinks like Coke or Iron Brew or something. I would mm. instead of water, I would drink Coke on a gig, and you know, before you know, charging on the way home at two in the morning, you're like yeah. wide awake, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if you've got a long drive. It's but. not, but the crash is horrible. Yeah. Um, the crash at the end when you, the sugar leaves your system, and you know, you start to come, you sort of come down from the amount of sugar that you've drank and caffeine and yeah. all these other things. It's not great for your system to be that high followed by that low. Mm-hmm. True. You know? Um, so yeah people pay attention to your health especially if you're playing lots you know you're playing all the time you yeah. know stay hydrated drink some water yeah stretch out man watch the, those backs you know watch mm-hmm. those wrists don't grip the sticks too hard invest in some good technique and a good teacher molar helped a lot for me letting yeah. the stick rebound mm-hmm. um, I had to learn to play really quietly and really quickly a lot of the time when I, when I was studying mm-hmm. so having decent technique helped that no end because I wasn't putting the work in the, the drumsticks where, you know, yeah. um, I've had ridiculous tempos called on gigs where I've been cold. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to do. Yeah. Really, really hard to do. So you got to practice it like hell. But yeah, um, that was my little ramble for today. Sure. Um, Quite right. Yeah. So we covered some good ground tonight, man. Mm-hmm. Stick alternatives from uh, Headhunters. Check yep. them out on the website. Um we did our origin story. Mm-hmm. We did health. What else did we do? Uh, oh, any ear mix. Any ear mix. Any ear monitor mix. Yes. That was our thing. So yeah, um, where can people find us, man? So as you of course know, uh, Drummers Only is uh, the UK's leading drum shop. Um, thanks to Keith for doing our intro. Um, you can find us and physically in store Glasgow and Leeds. We're now open seven days a week, um, so you can come and find us. We're open ten till six. Um, nope, 10 one, till 5. 10 till 5, sorry. Uh, Monday through Saturday, 12 till 5 on a Sunday. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, soon to be TikTok. We're going to have a lot of fun with Big Dave <laughs> on that. Um, Drummers Only UK. Um, send us an email if you feel so inclined. Info at drummersonly.co.uk. Obviously, you can find all of our drumming goodies. Maybe you want to buy some new in-ears. Maybe you want to buy some new headhunter stick variations. They're all listed on www.drummersonly.co.uk. We are looking at a kind of personal shopper service as well. We are, yes. Um, and it's something that we want to think about doing remotely um, I did something for a customer the other day and helped him pick an SQ2 snare remotely. Yeah. Um, if there's something like that that you want, you want a custom kit done, we'll do it. Yeah. Easy peasy. For you. Get in touch with us. You can also um, book your personal shopper experience on the website as well. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a particular snare or a particular kit that you would like a little bit more time invested 
to spend time with it and make sure you're making the right decision we can hook that up for you as well all yep. the information on that is on the relevant listing for what you're looking for yeah you can bring in your own gear to help you know does it work with your existing gear all those cool things all that and more um, don't yep. forget guys we have a facebook group as well drummers only forum uh, we do regular competitions on there um, there's one going on right now there's one going on right now that finishes on friday it that you does. can enter um, yes, so we do competitions on there all the time. Um, feel free to join. It's a great community where people are sharing some, sharing some tips, sharing some ah. fun things, memes, yep. whatever. Um, but it's obviously a good place for conversation. So feel free to join Drummers Only Forum. As ever, thank you all for checking us out, for listening, like, subscribe, review, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye bye. Bye.